got a great passage from the book of Acts this morning. Acts chapter 5, verses 17 through 32. There's two really famous prison passages in Acts, really popular ones. One that we covered last week, Paul and Silas there in Philippi. And then, of course, when Peter was imprisoned and the angel comes and has to, you know, kick him awake. Uh, But then there's this other time uh, where the apostles are imprisoned, and it is an interesting passage. So here, here are these verses. Starting in verse 17, it says, Then the high priest rose up, and all those who were with him, which is the sect of the Sadducees, and they were filled with indignation, and they laid their hands on the apostles and put them in the common prison. But at night, an angel of the Lord opened the prison doors and brought them out and said, Go, stand in the temple, speak to the people all the words of this life. And when they heard that, they entered the temple early in the morning and taught. But the high priest and those with him came and called the council together with all the elders of the children of Israel and sent to the prison to have them brought. But when the officers came and did not find them in the prison, they returned and reported, saying, Indeed, we found the prison shut securely and the guards standing outside before the doors. But when we opened them, we found no one inside. Now when the high priest, the captain of the temple, and the chief priests heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. So one came and told them, saying, Look, the men whom you put in prison are standing in the temple and teaching the people. Then the captain went with the officers and brought them without violence, for they feared the people, lest they should be stoned. And when they had brought them, they set them before the council. And the high priest asked them, saying, Did we not strictly command you not to teach in this name? And look, you have filled Jerusalem with your doctrine and intend to bring this man's blood on us. But Peter and the other apostles answered and said, We ought to obey God rather than men. The God of our fathers raised up Jesus, whom you murdered by hanging on a tree. Him God has exalted to his right hand to be prince and savior, to give repentance to Israel and forgiveness of sins. And we are his witnesses to these things. And so also is the Holy Spirit whom God has given to those who obey him. Uh, I've been really enjoying these passages so far because even though the subject material is essentially the same, just God's people being put in jail for being God's people, whether it's Jeremiah so far, Paul and Silas, now here the apostles. The subject material is essentially the same, but in each situation there has been, uh, for me at least, a clear object or a clear thought for us to grab hold of. Um, In this passage, we see a particular word and an idea repeated a couple of times and then demonstrated for us, and that's the obedience of the apostles. That's what Peter and the apostles highlight in their discussion, and that's what we see them doing. We see it in their actions, and they talk about it in verses 29 and 32. Now, the apostles, of course, are examples to us. We we do esteem them very highly, sometimes in a way that we, you know, really shouldn't, um, because they were always very quick to tell people, hey, we're just like you. We just love the Lord. We're just serving him. Don't bow down to me. Don't say this to me, you know. Um, But all of us are disciples, and and while these guys had a special office given to them as apostles, as a specific calling that the Lord placed on their ministries, their relationship with the Lord and their submission to the Lord is meant to be a demonstration and an example for us to follow. What did Paul say? He said, follow me as I follow Christ. And so in this text, we see the 12 imprisoned uh, Peter and John had been arrested once before in the book of Acts. 
uh, tension was mounting in Jerusalem between the Christians and uh, the Jews, mostly the Jews against the Christians. Um, but there hadn't been any martyrdom yet. There hadn't been any widespread, uh, widespread persecution yet. And so here, as the church continues to grow and as the gospel continues to go out with signs and wonders and, and, and great you know, dramatic uh, displays of God's power and his presence, uh, the Jewish leaders were filled with jealousy. Um, maybe some of your translations, instead of the word indignation there at the beginning, have the word jealousy. And so in a rage, they arrest all 12 of the apostles, the original 11 plus Matthias, and they planned to hold them on trial despite the fact that they had done absolutely nothing wrong. You have to understand that they hadn't, they hadn't committed any crime there. You know, as all these guys are getting arrested and are being persecuted and are being beaten and things by the Jewish leaders and later by Rome, they hadn't done anything wrong. It wasn't illegal to go in and teach the scriptures and, and talk about the resurrection from the dead. Um, they had done nothing wrong, but they were arrested. They intended to put them on trial, and so they had tossed them into the common prison. It was a very serious point and a very serious sort of uh, pivot time between, uh, well, in the beginnings of the church. And of course, after this, as you look at the pages of your Bible, you see that the incident with Stephen uh, happens pretty much right after this, the first martyr and then the widespread persecution. And, and so it was a very serious and very uh, uh, important point in the beginnings of the church. Now, during this situation, the Lord, of course, dispatches an angel to set the twelve free and then he sends them on a specific task to go and stand and preach again in the temple, sharing the message of life. Now, despite the fact that this would almost assuredly cause more problems for them, and it did, we see that they're going to be beaten in a minute. Uh, it, you know, despite that, you know, they were right at this point where they should have said, you know, Lord, can't we wait till, you know, things cool off a little bit, you know. They're, they're breathing threats again uh, against us, and they've already arrested us a couple times, and, and they're getting more and more angry, and there's so much at stake here. There are thousands of people here that stand to lose homes and to lose family members and to lose, you know, uh, lose their lives. And, and, and yet, despite that, it's a remarkable thing because they just did it. They did exactly what the Lord wanted them to do. And what he was asking them to do was very dangerous, and they had a lot to lose, not only for themselves, but for the entire church there in Jerusalem. They'd already been imprisoned. They already were hated by the ruling authorities. They'd already been threatened. Uh, but as you read this text, as you go through this chapter, it's almost a small thing where the Lord says, okay, I'm setting you free. Go ahead and go into the temple and preach again. And they say, yeah, okay, we're going to go as early as we can, early in the morning. And they just, they just walk in as if it's a small thing. They were given this directive, and then they went, and they did it. The result, of course, was not, you know, uh, super beneficial on the physical level. They received a severe beating. Uh, but as you go through these chapters, you see a group of men and a group of people who were absolutely filled up with God and who just obeyed the Lord without question, no matter what the consequences were. Now, again, we as disciples are all called to this sort of mindset. We're all called to this kind of discipleship, of, of complete obedience to the Lord, without question. In the New Testament, we're called to obey our governments, obey our bosses, obey the authorities God has allowed to be over us, and of course to obey the Lord himself. You know, very plainly, the, Lord, uh, the Bible says this to us. Uh, 1 John 5, 3, this is the love of God that we keep his commandments. Or 1 John 2, 4, 
He who says, I know God and does not keep his commandments is a liar and the truth is not in him. I mean, John is all over obedience. He's all over this obedience stuff in his epistles as you go through them. So the question that we should pose to ourselves this morning as we look at you know, the New Testament and as we see this example here in Acts chapter 5, the question is, you know, am I obeying the directives that God is giving me today? And for me, as I thought about that, you know, the first things that came to mind were the, those sort of disciplines of the faith you know, that we talk about so often and that are so foundational. You know, read the Bible, pray, give, share my faith, those sorts of things. But it occurred to me that that kind of really, you know, immediate list that came to mind, some of those things uh, aren't the kind of directives that we see displayed here in this chapter. And what I mean by that is specifically prayer and Bible reading, spending time in God's Word. Those are sort of the big two of the Christian life that we talk about all the time, all the time, all the time. Those are means by which we know God. Okay, that's how we, that, that is the revelation of God as we pray to Him and converse with Him as we see Him revealed in His Word. That's how we know Him. That's how we hear from Him about the things that He then wants us to go and do. And so, yes, absolutely, devotion to God's word and to prayer is essential. We are commanded to do those things. They are foundational. Don't leave here thinking that personal time in prayer and devotion are important. They are important. However, we need to understand that those two disciplines are not the, the only two commandments that we are called to. It, those two things are what reveal to us the commands of God and the directions of God. And, and so we can't get into the sort of mindset where the reading and the physical praying are by themselves the final acts of obedience that a Christian is called to. Well, I read my Bible this morning. You know, I, I opened my Bible and, and my eyes passed over the page and, and, you know, I did prayer. And so that's what I'm called to do. That's the obedience I'm called to do. You know, by themselves, those are not the final acts of obedience that the Lord has revealed to us. Instead... We need to take what God has revealed to us in his word and by his spirit through prayer. And then we must apply those things. Because like the apostles, we too have been set free in this life. In fact, that's an analogy that the Bible uses to discuss salvation. That we've been set free, but then set forth on a road with Christ that leads ultimately to reward and glorification in heaven. Uh, and as we look at God's word and as we look at the examples of the Christians that have come before us, no one is set free to just exist and live isolated away from the rest of the world. No one's set free so that they can just be in a bubble somewhere and, and I just exist and I, I own a Bible and I know what prayer is and, and that's what I'm called to do. Just, just to live you know, sort of away from everything and, and not engaged with anything else in the world. In fact... You know, Jesus said specifically that he wants us to be in the world. He said, no, I want you to be in the world. You're not going to be of the world. We're not to live like those outside of salvation. But we are absolutely sent to the people of the world to carry the message of life. That's what we've been set free for and why we're kept on the earth, you know. That's why the Lord hasn't instituted the kind of situation where once you're saved, you're immediately raptured, individual. I mean, the Lord could have done that. He can do whatever he wants, but he says, no, I, I, I'm setting you free from your sin, and I'm opening the doors of that captivity so that you can go out with a purpose to carry the message of life to the people around you. God released the apostles in Acts chapter 5 with a purpose. He sent them back to the people that were threatening their very lives and then we read that, and of course we get excited about that. I mean, we read the book of Acts, and I don't know if there's any 
book or story that's more exciting than reading the book of Acts as a Christian. But then we need to look inward and remember that we have not been set free to live without purpose or to just exist out there and, and not engage with the world and not engage in our spiritual life. We're not set free by God so that we can withdraw away from the world and live out life without any friction or any risk or, or any sacrifice. We never see that depicted in the Bible, not ever. And so sometimes I think, you know, as I look in my own life, I start to think of, of this kind of stuff or maybe obedience in more of an Abraham mode. You know, um, back in that period of time, you know, things were just different back in that part of the Old Testament. There was no permanent indwelling of the Holy Spirit. There was no Bible that they carried with them. Some of these guys didn't even know God's name. You know, um, you read in Genesis and you're reading about Isaac and Jacob and they're like, hey, you're the God of my dad, right? Okay, you know, um, he told me a couple things about you, but I don't really know who you are. I don't know really, you know, I know certain things that have been handed down, but, you know, that it was just different, you know, and, and every 10 years or so, as it seems, as you read like Abraham's life, every 10 years or so, God would appear to them and converse with them and ask them to do something. And, and it was just a very different existence when it came to a relationship with the Lord. But that's not what Christianity is during this era of grace and this era of the church. Because now as believers, we have a full revelation of God, who God is and what his plan is and, and what the future is going to be. And now we have countless thousands of people around us who need salvation, countless thousands of opportunities to carry out what God has called us to do. And so we can't allow ourselves to be set free as believers and then go silently into a world withdrawn from all that's around us. We, you know, we can't be set free and then say, well, I, I have the revelation of God, but I'm not really going to apply this to my life. I'm not really going to do anything about it. I'm just going to exist owning this and being glad that I have it and knowing things about life and God and his plan, but I don't really need to partake in those things. That's what we can't do. Uh, the word that is used for obey in this passage of Acts can be translated this way, according to Strong's. It can be translated to submit to authority or by analogy to conform to advice. And so our lives are meant to be subject to the authority of God. And that means more than just knowing things about him. You know, we can know the legal code, you know, uh, but in, in, in our regular lives, if let's say you're a, an attorney or if you're, you work in law enforcement, you know, there's a big difference between knowing the legal code and then actually following the legal code. Those are two separate things. It means more than just knowing things about God and knowing things about Jesus. Christianity has to go on uh, has to go beyond just reading God's word. We must then conform ourselves to that word. We must conform our lives and our lifestyles and our decisions to the authority of God's Holy Spirit in the Bible and the advice, as it were, you know, as we're looking at this definition, that the commandments of the scriptures, uh, you know, being submitted to that authority and then conforming ourselves to that command. And what we're commanded to do in scripture isn't always easy. It doesn't always make sense. You know, just like going back into the temple to preach was for these guys. I mean, that had some serious implications. And if I'm before the Lord and the Lord says, hey, I want you to go back into the temple here and preach that, I'm thinking, I'm the guy that says, you know, can't we wait a week or two until they chill out and they go have the festival of booths, you know, and they're out there. And then how about then we go in the temple so that I don't have to lose anything, so that I don't have to suffer anything, so that there's no tension there. 
Um, but the things that God commands us to do, you know, they're not always easy. They're not always simple. You know, they're, they're, they don't always make sense from the human level. Forgive those who wrong you. Give sacrificially. Make disciples. Love your neighbor as yourself. Take up your cross. I mean, those are some of the very common commands that we've all received in God's word. And those are things that don't make sense to the natural way of thinking. Love your neighbor as yourself. You know, as the Bible comes to us and says, I want you to love those around you as much as you love yourself. I want you to take, you know, what I've given you, the resources you have, I want, to, I want you to give that sacrificially to see what I can do with it. I want you to take up a cross on purpose and, and crucify your flesh day by day so that you can be used. Those things don't make sense to the natural way of thinking. And they're not easy to do. In fact, they're impossible to do outside of the power of the Holy Spirit. Yet, as Christians who have been set free, we open God's word and we see that we are commanded to do those things. And so the question is, for each of us, are we doing them? Are we actually doing what we're reading about in God's word? Or are we just reading about them? The thing, are we just reading about them and thinking, yeah, a Christian should do this. Okay, well, if a Christian should do this, am I actually doing it? Are we just reading about it and then sort of going on our way unobedient? You know, I'm not even saying disobedient where you say, well, I'm not going to do this. But are we being unobedient where it's like, well, yeah, I read about that. I read about loving my neighbor as myself. And man, that's so great. And then leaving unchanged and leaving unapplied and being unobedient to that command. Or are we looking within and saying, yeah, I'm being obedient and, and I am following the directives that God is giving me today and giving me through his word and through prayer. You know, sometimes in the Christian life, things get worse before they get better. It certainly did for the apostles. They were, they were right after this. Gamaliel talks for a little while and says, hey, you shouldn't kill these guys. If the Lord's speaking through them, you don't want to fight against God. If they're not speaking for the Lord, then their movement's going to pass away. So don't kill them. And they say, okay, we're not going to kill them. And so they bring them in and they beat them. They beat these guys and then set them free. I mean, you know, uh, it, it didn't get better for them. In fact, physically things got worse. But they as, as believers understood the power of God and they understood how significant their Christianity and their Christian life was. And because of that, they were bold, and they were filled up, and they were absolutely unstoppable. Something jumped out at me in this text. Uh, it was verse 24. Let's read it again. Acts 5.24 says, Now when the high priest and the captain of the temple and the chief priests heard these things, they wondered what the outcome would be. You know, I hope that in our own lives there is a wonder of what God might do in and through us. If there's no expectation and no excitement in our lives about our faith in the Lord, then I'm confident that we as individuals are not following where he's leading. Uh, because as we look at what's demonstrated for us in the Bible, the people that were filled up by God and his spirit, there was an incredible expectation. There was, a, there was an incredible excitement just even as we read about it. We get so excited by the book of Acts. And if that's never applied to our own lives, then you know, I'm just confident that we're not following where the Lord is leading. Because like these apostles, we are, we are each going to be called to specific tasks, specific people, specific ministries. Some of those things are going to be more public to those around us. Some of those things are going to be more private. You know, 
looking at the analogy, you know, you may be called to a ministry where it's where you're more like Peter. You may be called to a ministry where you're more like Bartholomew. Nobody, we don't know anything about Bartholomew or what he did. That's up to the Lord, and that's fine because they're all disciples, and we're all disciples. And what the Lord wants us to do, and the directives that He gives each of us, is up to Him. But if there's nothing going on in our lives that we need to be obeying, if there are no directives, if we're not receiving any of those things from the Lord about what he wants us to do right now, then we've just got to get moving. We've got to get before God and say, man, Lord, you've set me free to do something. What do you want me to do? We've got to get into biblical Christianity, which takes the word of God and actually applies it to daily living. Not every once every 10 years I engage with God the way Abraham did, but say, man, like every day, what am I doing today? Who do you want me to minister to today? What, how can I submit myself to you and conform myself to your word to today? We won't be called to this sort of dynamic situation like in, in the book of Acts um, every single moment or every single day or even every single week. But God did not set us free to just do nothing. He didn't set us free so that we could just exist and lay around spiritually learning things about the Lord but never doing anything about it while people around us enter a Christless eternity. That's just not what God has done. You are free and free indeed. And so now it's time for each of us to go, to stand, and to speak all the words of this life that has been given to us, just as the Lord called the apostles to do. And may the work that God does in us and through our hearts and our lives be wonderful, so that the world looks at us and says, I wonder what is going to happen here. Amen?